Gadget made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track monitored accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. To hell and back is in the job description. Being roughed up, scuffed up, run over, kicked, thrown, dropped, dunked, and done the unthinkable is a duty we've embraced for more than 40 years. Through superior engineering and constant innovation, only Pelican has conquered the chaos a life of ambition can dish out. And we've done it to empower you. Welcome to The Reel Down on Battle Infinite with your hosts, Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything with tournament kayak fishing. Here we go. What's ever? Yeah, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Reel Down. Uh, this will be airing on Wednesday after the fourth. Hope everybody had a good fourth. Uh, for everybody tuning in, got a few things different. You probably saw the title of this one. Just said, plain and simple. On to the next, and I'm going to get to that here in just a second. And you know, you're not used to me bringing y'all in. And Dan is here. If you're watching on YouTube, Dan is still sitting there. I'm here. He's here. So what's up, man? How how was your fourth? How was the holidays? Good, man. Just, you know, all family. Uh, we, we did our neighborhood thing, and I, we, we live in this big neighborhood, and they do their own fireworks show. We're usually down in Biloxi at my parents' house, so this first year we've lived in the neighborhood and got to see the fireworks show. It was really cool, man. We had a we had a great 4th of July. How about you, man? Uh, pretty good. We didn't do much. Um, I didn't get my daughter until, like, late Sunday night. Uh, she was at the beach with her mom, so I'm not mad about that. Kind of jealous. Uh, but we, uh, my wife was, uh, me and her just had time to ourselves, which we don't really ever get. So we just, we hung out. None of the families were really doing anything crazy, which they don't like we celebrate, obviously, you know, it's independence day, but God, we haven't done the like cooking out and fireworks stuff in years. So it just kind of just a normal weekend minus that it was just us. But, uh, I, I saw those pictures, uh, Dan's playing it down, man. They were on a golf course checking out the yeah. the fireworks, living it up. Yeah, I've been been blessed, man. Been really lucky, and we we live in a nice place. Right. So. Blessed is one thing, and hard work's a totally different. That, you know, hard, you yeah. can be blessed, and hard work gets you there, though. Yeah, that's right. But tonight we ate it. I got my cup here. If you can see it, Baja, Baja Burger. Every, every time I go there, like I see the logo, it's the same logo that was like in Pulp Fiction. Whenever he had the big Kahuna Burger cup. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like every time I eat there, I think I'm eating it. You know, I'm eating at the big. Kahuna I'm, Burger. I'm never gonna think every time I watch, I watch that movie all the time, man. I'm gonna, I'm never gonna think about it different or any way else now, dude. I, like I just, I just watched that movie recently, and then we went tonight. Which, if you happen to be in Hoover, Alabama, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's really good. So I think we have another one somewhere else too. <sighs> 
I, I went to Baja Burger when they first opened, and it's been there for a minute. Because it, it's, uh, is it the one that's off of 31 right there? Or, yeah, yeah, that's the one I went to. It's really good. Like you said, if you're in Hoover, check it out. That's good. Well, uh, so we'll kind of just start to slowly dive into this. So, like I said, if you checked out the title of this one, it's on to the next. And what that is, is, uh, Dan's, I quit. Yeah, he's breaking up with me. Uh, no, it's, it's all good. Uh, Dan is starting a new segment. So just when you thought Paddle and Finn couldn't get any bigger, we did it again. Another show. We don't even know when it's going to air, but we'll no. put it in there somewhere. I'll, but, I'll, I'll probably be off for a couple of weeks, but then we'll like maneuver some stuff around and figure it out. It probably be an every other week show, which is fine by me, but I'm sure, you know, we have so many different shows and we fill in that, I'll kind of be the fill-in guy sometimes, too. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, anytime we need a, a a guest host or somebody to fill in, you'll be the first pick for sure since you got the most experience with this segment. Uh, so he's taking on a new a new show. He's breaking up with me, but that does mean that I'm getting a new co-host, and I'm not going to tell y'all who. It's an upgrade. <laughs> I don't know about that. Big upgrade. So uh, we'll, we'll play a little game. Um, I'm not going to give you the details right now. You're going to have to stay tuned through the whole show to hear the details of it, but we're going to see if anybody can, uh, figure out who the new guest host is. It'll probably be a week or two before that person makes their, their debut, but we'll get to that in a minute. This whole show I wanted to do for Dan, uh, you know, Dan's the reason that I'm on the podcast. I don't know why he brought me in and asked me to do this. I'll, I still have the conversation. It was hilarious. You were like, "Hey, you said if I never, if uh, there was ever a room or something like, I can't remember how you worded it, but you you started it with, hey, what are you doing on Monday nights?'" And I was like, "Not much. Like when?" And you were like, "Kind of forever." I was like, "Oh," and then I guess that's when uh, Sam had left, and I dove right into this, and it's been awesome, man. This has been super fun. So I was like, "Well." Since we're we're parting ways and you're doing your own thing, I wanted to have a show about Dan, and and I want to get right into it. You know, we've got a lot of new listeners. What's that? I appreciate it, man. Thank no, you. No, man. I, I'm glad I can do it. You know, we, we've had a lot of new listeners. Brian was just shooting us all the, the numbers on the growth, and um, we're sure you probably listened to us already, but maybe you don't know a lot about Dan and just, you know, where he comes from other than, you know, the, the real down and... <laughs> A dude in Hoover. So, uh, so let's just, you know, like, like we've never had you on before, Dan, tell, if anybody doesn't know who you are, tell them a little bit about yourself, how you got into kayak fishing. And I want to know how you got into paddle and fin. All right. Um, yeah, well, my name's Daniel C. Perry. <laughs> See, it doesn't mean anything. It's just an initial, uh, uh, social security number. Yeah. <laughs> well, my whole life people have been like, you know, you tell them my name's Daniel C. Perry and they're like, so what does it stand for? I, this needs, this is an official, like, it's C. <laughs> uh, sorry, a little yeah. funny thing. <laughs> no, it's great, man. Have an initial. I uh, didn't even know that. Yeah. The, uh, but I'm originally from Biloxi, Mississippi on the coast. If, um, you know, if you don't know anything about Mississippi, it does have a coast. <laughs> um, Covered in casinos. It's great. Yeah. But a lot of people, they actually didn't have casinos whenever I was a kid. It was, um, they didn't start to like 88 or, Maybe actually, I think like 90, 
I'm from North Biloxi, which in 88 did become its own city, Diaberville, which is actually where I'm from. Awesome. So if, you, if you're ever driving on I-10, you see Diaberville, that's where I'm from. Which after Katrina, everything moved, like my tiny little town became a bigger, a much, much, much bigger city because everybody moved north because of insurance. My folks still live down there and all my family. But um, yeah, I grew up inshore, saltwater fishing, kind of lived... Um, you know, divorced parents. My mom lived over in New Orleans, so um, spent a lot of time over there and fishing down in, you know, Plaquemines Parish and all that kind of Chalmette and all that great fishing over there. And me and my dad and my uncle, we fished together all the time, and we would also go over to southeast Louisiana and, you know, all those great places, Delacroix, you know, Point Lahash, West Point Lahash, all, all of it, all that great fishing. Like, there would be so many times that we would drive the hour – like an hour and a half to get down there and we would limit out quicker than it took us to get there. <laughs> and that's 25 specks a piece and five redfish a piece. Like if it were a three hour drive, we would limit out way before three hours. Jesus. So yeah. It's the fishing down there. Is so amazing. Um, so yeah, I grew up in shore salt water. We have islands that are 12 miles out. So did a lot of wade fishing. Uh, sometimes cobia come in black, uh, yeah, just, you know, the regular inshore type stuff. And that triple tail, you know, flounder yeah. and gig and stuff like that. Cobia and triple tail is something I really want to get into. Like, I don't really get into saltwater, but just like watching fishing shows and stuff like that. Like, I would love to get into those, that and I'm obviously tarpon, but. Yeah. I see, general. you know, there's this one guy, um, Greg, uh, his name's Craig Burnham or something like that. I didn't grow up with him, but he's an artist down there. I forget his name. He does like scrimshaw on uh, sailfish uh, spears. I don't know what the you know the nose part, whatever you call that. Hmm. I don't know what the hell they call that. I've never caught one. I, I'm trying he to does, think of it. <laughs> yeah, he does scrimshaw on them, and they also have like eye sockets, like bone eye sockets, and he scrimshaws on. Man, it's it's amazing. That's awesome. But he does um, like triple tail. They sit on buoys, buoys and stuff like that, like kind of target fishing so it's like a real long if you think about crappie dobbing where you have a big fiberglass pole and a certain amount of line no reel and you just you know you're pitching it out there he does the same thing except it's like times 10 it's like a giant rod and a whole lot of line and he like slings it out there to the buoys and you can't man that would be cool. yeah i've never done that that seems like an awesome way to catch fish um yeah, no real. I guess you just hand line them in. I, I don't know. Triple tails are pretty strong. Yeah, that that's that's like on the lines of um, guys that like fly for saltwater. Yeah. You know, you see a lot of them that just doing the hand line thing. So I'm sure it's something which is cool. I, I mean, that's about as close to the fish as you're going to get. So you're uh, muscle to muscle and you know one to one ratio. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> pretty right. awesome. But uh, after that, I went to Air Force, spent ten years going around the world, twelve bases in ten years. Um, and then moved up here for work right whenever I got out managing a West Marine. Anybody knows well, if you live near the ocean, you know, it is like Bass Pro for the ocean. And I uh, awesome. met my wife and yeah, we, we ended up moving back down to the coast and doing some more fishing down there. But her dad, uh, he's passed away now recently, but he, he was big, legit into bass fishing. He had a, like he has a, my mother-in-law still keeps his whole trophy room, an entire room full of giant trophies because he was so good at bass fishing. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, his partner had died. He got me into it, and then that got me into fishing. And 
Then I went to the University of Montebello soon after that, going back to school with the GI Bill, Fish College, as, as an older guy. Did good. Uh, still had a lot to learn, but we came real close a few times. Yeah, I'm at National Boat U.S. Cabela's National Champion, Championship. I think we got eighth one year. That was the best. Me and my oh, that's killer. Yeah, we, we did good. That was on Pickwick. But, um, yeah, so did great. Um, I ended up that year wrecking on Pickwick, going 60 in my boat, spun out like 900 degrees and threw out my partner. But he got it. He took the fish and got in LSU's boat and went to weigh in and weighed in 22 pounds for fish. So he's got a great picture of him holding up, you know, four fishes, 22 <laughs> pounds, and I'm back at the boat, and it's about sinking. I uh, had to get tied, towed in. But um, Jeez. Yeah, after that, kind of had a kid and then took it easy for about a year, then then got into kayak fishing. Been doing that for probably almost five years, something like that. Four and a half, five years. But uh, yeah, kayak fishing, that's my my jam now. I'm, I'm a dad. I work and I fish and that's that's about it. It's about all the time I got. Do you think it'll always be just like all bass fishing or do you think you'll ever like redirect and get that salt bug again to hit it like heavy, heavy, like you used to. No, I honestly, like I, I, I still go saltwater fishing, but the, we, we've been out, me and my dad, he's, he always has 17 foot bay boat. He just sold it, had it, he's getting older, but I uh, had it custom made in Louisiana and wasn't much to it, but we used to go like 22 miles out and it's a little boat. We would go so far South in Mississippi, we would be in Louisiana. So Jesus. Louisiana comes to, you know, it's a boot. Yeah. Down. But uh, I mean, I've been out there in such absolute gnarly stuff where we're bailing. I've been, been out wade fishing where I had sharks chasing like literally big sharks, eating the fish off my floating stringer out away from me. And uh, yeah. I, That's I, awesome. I, no, <laughs> I mean, it's fun. <laughs> I, I kind of like, I feel like I've had my fill of saltwater fish. You know, you get older, you have kids and your priorities in life change. I, I not obviously not something as extreme as possibly getting eaten by a shark, but like I, I, I catch myself doing things like that anymore. Like glad I don't have a motorcycle anymore. Probably I'll never buy another one. Like too much stuff I used to do that should have killed me. If I get into it now, I will die. Like I, I enjoy saltwater fishing. I still go, but like the hardcore stuff that I've done in my life with fishing, saltwater fishing, I don't. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash waypoint. That's mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I've had, you know, I've done it enough. I'm good. Now, now it's time to work your way towards the uh, the build dance side of things, where you're just sitting on a seat on the front of a boat or a kayak, just reeling in donkeys all the time. That's the retirement plan. I just, you know, there's so much. It's kind of the 
it's not that the fish are better. It's that the sport's better. I love the competition. I love the strategy. I love the the self 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 improvement part of it, where you're always trying to learn new things, and so just the whole sport of it. Now I'm an absolute bass fishing geek. Like the way people love football, and you know I go for the Saints and White Sox, obviously with that. But um, yeah, so I, I have my teams. I follow sports, but I'm like pro fishing. Pro kayak fishing, if there is such a thing, <laughs> uh, we had that discussion earlier. Yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like this is this is what I'm about. I, I just I'm totally enamored and love it, and yeah, I love everything about it, man. I, if it's a podcast or a TV show or you know bash you during work, I'm sitting there listening to bash you all day or a podcast about fishing. I'm, it's just what I'm about, man. I don't, I don't know how to say it. I I love it. You like the Bass You podcast? Yeah, I, I actually I've never listened to the podcast, but I just listen to all the videos. I tried listening to the podcast. Like I love like Bass You is one of those things that I will gladly pay for. Like once I decide that I think it's the right, like it it's not something I would consider like a stupid investment. You know, yeah. like you said, fishing is kind of like what we do. It's my hobby. It's what we're ate up in. I tried listening to their podcast. There were like 15 people trying to talk or something like that. There was like six hosts. They had, uh, I can't remember who it was. One of the pros was supposed to be coming on late. Oh, it was uh, Ot Defoe. That's why I was listening to it. But like, there's just so much going on. I just couldn't, like, I just turned it off and was like, okay. So I'm going to try another episode and see if it's always like that. But they really did, man. There was like four or five hosts before Ot ever got on. And I just was like, like, if that's what, like when we have shows with a bunch of guests, it's, it's more organized, you know, they were just all just like trying to talk over each other. And I just couldn't, I won't try again because bash you is awesome. But I meant to ask you about that, but like a few days ago, like, please tell it's, me you don't listen to this. <laughs> if you, if you've never had it, the seminars and everything like paying for the monthly subscription. And I'll do it all the time. Like I'll do it for a while. Then I'll turn it off and then I'll do it again later. It really is like, it's amazing all the all the information on there. If you're into and you're trying to get better, there's a lot of great stuff out there. But man, it's hard to beat Bashu because it, it's it's all the best at every technique. They have like the like Buddy Gross on swim bait fishing. They have Randall Tharp on flip flipping a jig. I mean, it's the best people at what they do about everything. That's it. Really is amazing. And if you if you haven't, you know, you can find it's I it's, I want to say free, but it's like they'll have like a clip. Yeah. that you can see and then it'll be like yeah. would you like to join yeah. what you get in that like five minute clip is just a taste of what you're going to get and that yeah. five minute clip will have you like pissed when it throws up the yeah. pay and you're like damn it i need that information i mean but they're it, getting like a whole hour of swim bait fishing from buddy gross is like you know oh yeah it, it's every single piece of juice he has they don't hold back well i mean they hold back some but it's like 80% of everything that they have, they tell you. And it's, it's so in depth. It's, it's great, man. Yeah. I love it. So, uh, so Dan's right. He's ate up with it, man. And he is a walking, like pro fishing, like dude, like if there's ever a question or stat that I need, he's the guy to ask. But, uh, going from that, what, what got you in to podcasting first? Was it having like, having that information and wanting more, having the option to talk to more people. And obviously you ate up in kayak fishing. 
like, like for me, that's, what's cool about it. It's, it's networking, you know, talking to cool people, talking to people good at what they do. What, what, what got you into it? I just wanted to talk about fishing. There like, you go. <laughs> that's like, that's it. I, I just, you know, I'm a dad, so I, I can't, I want to be a guy out on the trail. You know, I, I just, I, I do. I, I want to be, I want to live that life that Russ Snyder's or Christine Fisher or all these other, you know, you know, Drew Gregory, you know, yeah. Yeah. All the people that get to fish all the tournaments, but I have a good job. That's not in the cards for me. Like that time has come and gone. It's not going to happen. And I, I get out on the national trail. I do it whenever I can. Like I'm doing the two Pickwick events coming up this year. Um, you know, I did Seminole earlier this year and Seminole had went better. I, I would do some more, but man, Seminole two years in a row, I bombed and I'm never going back there. They can keep <laughs> that damn lake. But um, yeah, I, I just, I, since I couldn't go fishing, I wanted to talk about fishing and um, kind of, I had been watching it. I was really into all the other podcasts, just consuming information all the time. And I thought, you know, if I, if there was ever opportunity, I reached out to Brian and told him, Hey, if you ever need some money, I'm, I'm your guy, man. I'm, if I can talk about fishing, I am in, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually he had an opening and Sam, the Ryan, uh, not Ryan, uh, Brad Hicks. He was the co-host with Sam Jones. Brad went on to uh, the final cast with Josh and uh, left the opening and I took it over, which Brad isn't really a tournament kayak angler that much. I've it always was, wondered how good. that happened. Yeah. He is good. If he tried, like he didn't, you know, a lot of times he doesn't get out of his comfort zone. He stay, he likes to fish where he fishes and he's really good at that. But, uh, you know, so he wasn't really in the, the tournament side so much like I was. So, yeah, it, was, it was a good fit and, and it, for a long time. Brad's one of those guys, like he's a kind of the proof of some people like they just don't, don't care as a strong word, but like he was like, you know, running AOI like by a lot. I'm pretty sure in their local, you know, ahead of Kurt Smith's, if that tells any people listening something. And then he just didn't feel good one day. didn't go to tournament. And then I don't think he fished another tournament that year and just let it go. You know, he, Brad, yeah, Brad is his own his own man. He doesn't, you know, to the beat of his own drum. That's Brad. One hundred percent. Yeah, he's a great angler, good dude. But Brad's going to do what Brad wants to do. You know. So, so give me a rundown of what's been like your time here with Paddle and Finn. You know, and all. You know, obviously with our show, but yeah, kind of, it's it's been great getting to see because we were trying to figure it out. I guess just over two years, something like that. I've been doing it on the reel down and uh, yeah, just getting to talk to all the different anglers from around the country. It's, it's great. Like I, I know sometimes y'all, I mean the listeners or the viewers, they never get to see, and we appreciate y'all, but you ne- you don't get to see the behind the scenes stuff of when we're talking to the anglers. And whenever we start every show, it's, this is your time. This is your time to shine. I mean, if it's a show where, we're talking about a topic or something like that. We try to bring in different people, but we really try to get people from around the country, different clubs and people that have never been on show before. I mean, we hit some of the, you know, the best people in the sport too, but uh, just giving everybody an opportunity to shine. That's definitely been my favorite part. Cause you'll talk to people like the guy who I forget his name from that one to Hobie last week. 
And that's a little bit different because we do a lot of uh, stuff. Travis but, Newman. Yeah. That one, that one, the Hobie, he flipped twice. That was an amazing story. And it's just seems like every week it's something, you know, something interesting or cool or different or. And tons of good information about the, the fishing too. Some, some of these guys will like, like Jody Queen is, you know, he gets mentioned a lot on our podcast, but he's one that he will just be like, this is exactly what I did and how I did it. And here's that information. Yeah. You know, like, and we've had a lot of that. He won the TOC throwing a chatterbait and laydowns. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't throw a chatterbait and laydowns. Why that worked? I don't know. It worked for him. And because it worked because nobody throws a chatterbait yeah, and laydowns. He won all that money instead of like a square bill or something else. But Jody has always been very generous with his information. And it seems like almost everybody that comes on here is. And uh, unless there's a tournament coming up on that body of water. So and they still they yeah. still give us a little bit, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's just been amazing getting to know and talk to everybody and kind of getting that the inside scoop on stuff. I, I guess I'm fortunate enough to be like anytime you do this, you're going to be a little bit more plugged into the sport, the people, what's going on, the behind the scenes of just kayak fishing in general. And uh, yeah, it's man, it's been a great ride so far. I've yes, really, that, really enjoyed it. That, that's, a, you know, one of the big things I've taken away from it. And I mean, you can too, is that, you know, we don't get paid for anybody that thinks that that's not, that is not a thing. Not yet, I guess, but like what you get out of it is, you know, meeting all of these people, getting all this information, people, like you make friends doing this, you know, yeah. maybe like I've talked to somebody in uh, like up at the Susky event or something like that, that I could probably call and stay at their house, you know, um, just things like that. Networking. I mean, that's the big deal for me. It always has been in anything I do. I want to know like everybody I need to know, everybody that I don't need to know. Like I, I, I like to go full with it and, and you can attest to that, man. And like it's, it opens up so many doors in so many different ways. Yeah. And I'm, it, like, a, you know, whenever you say we don't make any money, I mean, we do make a little bit, but it doesn't go to us. We invest it all back into paddling yeah. and whether it's a meet us. I, I know some, I've had some people ask that, but, um, yeah, you're not podcasting. From yeah, the, Brian is not paying our salary um, no. of any kind, but you know, if, if the money helps the trail out or the money gets us like we did last year, the little stay at Del Hollow. And that doesn't come out of our pocket. You know, that's something that's good enough for me. That's right. Yeah. But it, it, it does open door for sponsorships and things like that. Uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to work with a few brands like yeah, gadget by, power and, uh, Exxon lures and now Summerland outdoors. And, you know, that's, I, I you know, it's hard to say because I, I don't have the tournament wins. I, I can win. I win locally. You know, I usually win a, a tournament or two every year and, uh, but uh, yeah, whenever I go out nationally, I haven't had that success. So for them to stand behind me, a lot of that is because I'm on the podcast. So it, it does come with perks for sure. Oh yeah. And, and there's a, there's a lot that can be said. I, I don't know who it was. I was having this conversation with the other day, but you know, our ultimate goal and like, not to speak for you, but like, we like to be part of this industry. If, like you said, you'd love to be one of those guys traveling around the country on the trail. It's just not in the cards. Not that you can't yeah. do it, you know, of your abilities. It's just not in the cards, you know, but I there's uh, what I have to go. Exactly. To it's fishing. Like it's not worth a chance when I've already got everything set, yeah. but you know, 
just like we're doing, like maybe, maybe we can't be the best angler at it, but maybe we can be the best at something else or still be involved in some other way. And this like paddling fins, a big thing to have on your resume now, especially as much as it's grown. And I mean, who knows, maybe one day you, you look back and be like, God, I'm so glad I didn't do that fishing stuff for a living. I just talk and you know, now I'm on TV, which who knows, maybe one day. Well, so uh, yeah, like I think Brian said it. I think we're all too ugly for TV. So maybe we'll have actors that play us. That'd be cool. There you go. Car- cartoon version. Oh, the the guy that played Thor, he can he can be me. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, give us a little bit of insight. Tell us what this new show is all about. Yeah. Um, well, right now I'm having Smaya do up the logo. It's uh, it's going to be called Advanced Kayak Angler, and it's kind of I think the idea of it came from the noob show, how we have, you know, Ryan and, and Sean, they do such a good job and, and they've been doing it for a long time too. And, um, you know, they, so they'll talk about techniques or whatever it is, everything for beginners, for people getting into the sport. So this show is going to be the opposite end of the spectrum where it's, um, you have a lot more people who are on the beginners end than you do on I guess the advanced end, you would say, are the actual, you know, real tournament anglers. So people that are going out there and are really, really into it. They've invested a lot of time, a lot of money. Uh, yeah. So this, this show is going to be dedicated to them and, and for them and geared towards them where it's going to be techniques. It could be, here's like, I, I wrote down three show ideas that I had, like, um, and these are ones that I'll definitely have like, uh, recording on your kayak so people who are trying to get into doing video on their kayak just all the ends of that ends and outs of that which you can go on youtube and you can see a lot of setups but you don't get to hear what the problems are what lessons learned and the best setups the best gear or whatever it is going going something like that uh, how vers and some of it will be sport things where we're talking about tournament kayak fishing on the sport of it, or we're talking about techniques, um, like, or it could just be something, a topic in the industry of like, how versatile should a kayak angler be? I came from the boat side and like, you look at somebody like Drew Gregory, he is not the most versatile guy, but he is maybe the most consistent in kayak fishing because he does exactly what he does. He carries a few rods. He does have usually carry like that solo skiff and a smaller crescent throwing go, but he fish, he has an exact strategy of what he's going to do. And he does that exact thing. I think I've been bit by the bug where maybe coming from the boat side has been a hindrance because I feel like I need to have all the rods. I feel like I need to know all the techniques and be less like, maybe I need to be a little bit more honed into big baits or trying to get the big bite or trying to win because AOY I'm usually, I'm always the grinder guy. Like I'm going to be the guy who always does well, but a lot of times that puts me right outside the money where I'm consistently right outside the money. And uh, it's good for AOY, but if I'm not fishing enough national tournaments for AOY to, to matter, 
Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. I, then I absolutely have the wrong strategy going to right. return. So um, it's something like that. I, I think that would be a real interesting show of how many rods you really need or, and can I get the uh, take from a few different anglers? Another one would be, what is a kayak rod? Like you see brands like Cashin, um, St. Croix and all these, but do we, and this might be a really short show, like a, no, we don't need those, or yes, we do, but kind of getting people's different takes who maybe aren't affiliated with those companies of, like, do you want to have, like, a savior device on it? Is that a necessity that every kayak angler should have? Rather, leashes are great, but sometimes they can get, you know, they can become yeah. a little bit dangerous if you have too many leashes. But then I had a savior, and on my old town, I put in my rod holder, and I didn't realize that, rod, I, I forgot that that rod holder holds water, and it doesn't drain old town come on uh, but that's that's a lot of flush mount rod holders i don't think any of them drain no but uh, i put that in there and then you know that came out so maybe that's not the answer do we need shorter you know the shorter shorter butt ends do we need um things like that so these are just some ideas i've had that and i have a bunch of other ones seasonal techniques maybe what baits you should be throwing right now but you're probably not oh yeah um, seasonal patterns so yeah, I have a lot of different ideas for shows. So the, the, those two, the rods and the camera, you know, like recording, th those will be great. Uh, I would love to dive in the rabbit hole in the rod thing right now. I've, I've always, I've never understood it. And that's why. So I will definitely be tuned into that one. Just it. Uh, I like that, and that's another one with Drew where he carries, I, I think he carries all the same rod. Like he has six of the same rod and he uses every single rod, all those rod for all techniques. But again, Drew is so specific. It's really interesting to me that he has a very specific take on what he does. And he is so good at it. Like this is obviously not to take away anything Drew does because he is so good and dialed in at what he does. That just isn't how I fish though. So yeah. So it's, you know, some people there's, there's like in a bass boat world is actually a bad example of this because you know, a good bass boat fisherman is versatile because they're covering way more water. So, you know, it's, they have that option or it, maybe it's not even an option. Maybe it becomes like a necessity or requirement to be able to adapt to whatever's going on. You know, Drew is a killer example of, he knows what he's good at. He knows what he's comfortable with and he makes it work. And that like time on the water, you know, consistency and like detail is what that is, you know, and that'll be, you know, a good thing to talk about. And then you're, I think the recording show will be big. Me and Brad did a, uh, 
uh, show on the final cast just about camera equipment, you know, and stuff like that, different ways to rig batteries. And we got tons of feedback on that. So I think you'll do killer kind of expanding on that. That'll be cool. And that's coming in from a absolute, I have nothing. I've never done it. Um, you know, it's, it's still, and how do you get over the fear of a recording? That's, that's another question. Like, you know, Greg Blanchard, Christine, and uh, everybody who does it in your, you're burning spots because like I, I specifically remember watching a video from Christine and thinking I've never fished that area. Maybe I should fish that area. And then I'm like, well, I'm not trying to, I, I wouldn't fish that area in a tournament. Like it'd be fun to go fun fish because I know where it's at, but I, I don't know. It, it just, it puts kind of a little bit of a dilemma on me and it's gotta be tough for them showing yeah. spots, especially whenever they did well and you know there's going to be another tournament there eventually especially on a bigger you know kentucky lake or whatever whatever lake it is but uh yeah that's that's kind of stuff i want to talk about like maybe somebody can convince me to record oh yeah still on the edge of it right yeah, now. There, there's that and like being comfortable with talking to yourself like people do not understand you and you will not understand until the first time you try to vlog and you're staring at this little screen right here, trying to carry a conversation with yourself. <laughs> like the few times that like I actually do travel vlogs that I don't post they're for me to like go back and listen to because I just give details and lead up and stuff like that. And that's awkward in itself. And that's just me in the truck talking. And like, I'll be talking and then be like, shut up. <laughs> no one gives a shit and I'm not even posting it. So it, it, no, that'd be a good show, man. Well, we wanted to, I say we, I, I wanted to get a little taste of what you have to offer on this show. So we talked and I kind of already knew what you were going to pick. Like I just figured this is what we would talk about, but I wanted you to dive into a technique with me that you have a lot of information on. And I knowing you, I'm sure that, there is more information that I would even think. I'm, I'm so, I get so crazy with this stuff, man. M- Mr. Spreadsheet Dan, for anybody that didn't know, check out some of the past episodes with him. That was on the Noob Show, I wasn't it? Yeah. I still get emails about that spreadsheet because it, it was <laughs> a show where I gave top 10, here's 10 techniques that every beginner should know. And don't email me if you listen to this, but uh, <laughs> I, mean, I still have it. But I've even changed those te- techniques since then. Like I've, I've even altered because that was like a year and a half ago, I think. And I've even altered those techniques some too since then. So everything's always evolving, you know, changing, getting a little bit. Different. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's what yeah. makes you makes you greater. You know, but uh, so, somebody did like the top six techniques that a new person should know. I was like, Hey, hey guys, I, I think we could do, I couldn't figure out six. I couldn't narrow it down six because I have to be so versatile, but uh, I, I did top 10 techniques and put on a spreadsheet and I emailed it out to everybody that wanted. Yeah. I, I need, I'm, that makes me want to sit down and think about it. Like what my top 10 would be. There'd be like five things that had to do with top water. At least just, you know, I will die by top water. But uh, but the the technique is shaky head fishing. Yeah. Dan always has a shaky head tied on. Always, you know, all like always. And I knew this, and then I experienced it when we fished, you know, together a few weeks ago. And like I said, I knew that we were going to get into this. So 
Going with you are the bass nerd. I've got to know who is your favorite angler or best angler with a shaky head, whether it's kayak, boat, anything. I'm sure with how you get information, you know a few. So give it to yeah, Jesse Wiggins. Jesse uh, Wiggins. Yeah, he's Alabama guy. He's a little bit younger guy, but he uh, he's like a Smith Lake master. And I've been out there fishing before, and you'll see him buzz by on that that Honda. He's got a big Honda sponsorship, but uh, he'll be going down Lake. But he's like the king of Smith, uh, king of Smith Lake here in Alabama, and he he's like all about shaking it. Or he doesn't even call it a shaky head; he calls it a shaking head. A shaking head. <laughs> you know, he's from Coleman. That accent. I, I'm not even going to try to do it, but yeah, he calls it a shaking head. A shaking head? Yeah, shaking head. I need to get Jesse Halverson on. He could give me that. Well, no, Jesse's from West. Jesse, I'm not going to get off on this. You've talked to Jesse. Jesse's from, I think, Wisconsin, but he's lived in Coleman so long. He's like combined the two accents. So he's got like that, that redneck own. twang yeah. and Wisconsin. It's weird. But uh, so, yeah, so Jesse Wiggins. So. Just take it away. You can do this however you want to. Go go from go like you've never picked up a shaky head. Go. All right. <laughs> uh, I, I, I wrote all this down, obviously, because I have to be. Like where, 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 would, where would you start, let's say, from like, I'm trying to think of like the noob side of it. Like, you know, I got a decent spinning gear. And I'm on Smith Lake and I need to to know where, when, and how to shake your headfish and then get into all your details. The the where is absolutely anywhere. Like a shaky head. I think there was that was a show I was thinking about having. Like I want to have just a shaky head show. I'm kind of burning some of that now, but I think the guy, there's a guy here on the Coosa River. This might be hearsay. This may not be true, but uh, Davis Bates. I heard that he's the one who started Shaky Heads. Like he's the one who made the first Shaky Head. I, I was going to ask you if you knew like its origins. Yeah, he's here in he's in Silicago on the other side of Lay Lake. Uh, you know, on the east side of Lay Lake. But he uh, Davis Bates. They, they make good baits, good Shaky Heads, good worms. But uh, I heard that he's he was the inventor. Don't know if that's true. Somebody might. Oh no, it's this guy. But a shaky head, I mean, anywhere rocky, you're not going to throw it around grass. Um, besides that, as long as it's not real grassy, you can throw it anywhere. Like, for real, anywhere. I skip it. If you get a line enough shaky head with a little bit smaller worm, I'll go over that. But you can skip it real well. So, yeah. that And that's the three weights. I, I'll say that part. The three weights I use. I use an eighth ounce. If I know I'm just going to be skipping, eighth ounce and you know, you get that little bit fall slower fall rate, which can be the deal, like a Senko. You know, sometimes that slow fall is the deal. But an eighth ounce head with a little bit shorter worm, like a five inch, dude, you can skip that thing all day. Um, three sixteenths, what I use for like up to 15 feet, just general purpose kind of deal. And then over 15 feet, I go to a quarter ounce. And that's really as heavy as I go. Anything past that, um, you could probably get up to 25 maybe with a, I mean, it'd be tough. You'd have to be real patient with a quarter ounce, but uh, yeah, yeah, you could do it. Anything other than that, I'd go like the big offshore shaky heads, like half ounce or three quarter of the foot. Yeah. Three eighths half or three quarter, really three eighths. Three eighths is what I throw most of the time with a bigger worm. 
but uh, the football shaky heads is what I would go to if I wanted to go deep, deep. So you you don't you don't prefer the the the, the uh, football head? Obviously not with the one you're skipping, but you're not you don't like that shape overall. No, and, and I've used it. I mean, it's not that it doesn't work. It just seems a little bit more all purpose to use the regular round ball. But mm-hmm. like I have my friend Brandon, who I fish with in college, and he lives down on uh, Lake Mitchell, and he throws the spot remover, the one with the flat bottom. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, the Buckeye one. So there's a lot of people who I still haven't. And that's the thing. I still have not. There is no perfect shaky head. Now, whenever you get the big ones, the offshore ones, I'm going to use a football head. And like Edwin Evers, he has the head turner. And there's like the punk, young pumpkin head. There's some big ones like that. But really, the football head, if you're going offshore, uh, I'm going to throw the football head. But the, I, but the little regular round ball ones, those to me are the most versatile. Yeah. And do you use the... I've seen some, I actually have some of these, um, and I couldn't tell you who makes them that are, they're ball head, shaky head, but they are ball head with the, the flat bottom. Or do you, do you ever mess with any of that? Or yeah. Do you like, stick strictly ball. Yeah. Just regular ball. And again, I don't think it matters. I, it's just preference. I don't think there's a difference. I have went through all of them. Like literally I went through all of them. I've asked before on my Facebook, who makes the best one. And I, I've tried them all like, but I don't really think there's much of a difference. It's like, it really comes down to preference, whether it's got that, like the owner, I forget the name of that one, but it's a ball, except it has a little bit of a flat bottom. Oh, wait. The, yeah. I got the football. Never mind. I had it right yeah. Spring lock EWG. Like I've tried all the different variations and they all come out equal to me. Yeah. Well, what's your the only difference is going to be the hook gauge. If you're, that's kind of, if you're going to use a bigger hook gauge, then you might have to go. And that's the rod deal too, where I use a medium, but like Jesse Wiggins, he likes a medium heavy. So there's a little bit of leeway in between, I think, gauge of thickness of that, the hook and your rod, whether you're going medium or medium heavy and how light your line is. That's kind of the you know, if you swing one way, then you have to swing the other with a rod. So because right. if you want to use a lighter gauge hook, then you need to use like a medium. Or I guess you could use a medium light, but I only use a medium light whenever I'm Ned rigging. Like I have a specific Ned rig setup, but, um, but yeah, mediums, medium to me is a deal, but some people are going to say medium heaven, heavy. And that might depend on the manufacturer too, where they have a little bit lighter medium heavy than some other ones. Yeah, like, yeah. I, like I use the uh, right now I have a Falcon expert seven foot medium and that's like, man, if, if you're looking for a rod, Summerland Outdoors, you know, I'm sponsored by them. You can order it from them. They'll ship it right to you. They have like all the rods. Um, they're an amazing company, but, you know, it's like a great kayak store and also all the good tackle stuff. They actually start as a rod just a rod store they have them all but um mega bass all that good jdm stuff but falcon expert for 200 dollars, dude that rod is seriously like the court if you like court grips that's i've been so happy with that rod I also have a um, davis custom rod I, I tried i used that too but i ended up that to me the taper of it was a little bit better for a drop shot so that's also a great rod that i have if i something ever happened, but that Falcon expert, 
dude. It's it, it's the truth. I mean, I love that run. So break break us down to your your whole. Obviously, we just got the rod. Break break me down your shaky head setup, and obviously, just for you talking, you've got a lot of experience of trying through gear to get to where you're at. Why are you using what you're using? You know, give me the whole deal. Yeah. Uh, the head, and actually, I went to Field and Stream today and spent like $40 on shaky heads. <laughs> not, not, not really, but they, they have them on clearance. I use the striking, like the striking tour grade ones. Uh, again, eighth ounce, three sixteenths at quarter. I, that's the ones that I use. They are, they have a little bit. The other great one that I've used a lot that I really like is a Davis Bates. If you like the screw lock, Davis Bates HP, I think it's called HPT. It's got a little bit longer hook, like a little bit bigger hook, but the, it's a little bit lighter gauge hook. That one's really good too. Those are kind of back and forth. But the striking, if you got a field and stream by you, they're usually $5, like $5 for a three pack. They're half off on clearance. And if you buy five, you get five free. So I literally got like, at least 20 packs of shaky heads. Today. Jeez, I need to come down there. Oh, that, one, that one right there in Hoover? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Dan took care of it. <laughs> but if you're coming through town, they have a lot of, I mean, they have like a the Z-Man cross-eyes chatterbait. They have them marked down $10 to seven, like $7.50 and their buy five, get five free. Yeah. They, they had a few stealth blades. Like I, I spent $50, $58. And I was like, oh, I got to stop here. Just a side note, just because you said something about Chatterbait. I told you I fished with Joe Mac, uh, Joe McElroy, uh, second place at Possum Kingdom for anybody that's listening or watching this. We got on the t- Chatterbait talk. That man has $5,000 in jackhammers. Wow. You know how many fish he's calling jackhammer? Zero. <laughs> I said that blew my mind. I was like, what? And he was one of those. Y'all can all blame him. He's one of them guys that bought up all the fire crawl. Mm. He's like, man, I got a case of fire crawl. He's like, I probably got two grand in just that color. Wow. Oh, they, yeah. They have, I don't, they have fire crawl, the cross eyes ones there too. Have you used that yet? Have you used the cross eyes yet? No, I haven't. It's pretty cool. I love that it's, my opinion, same quality as Jackhammer, bigger hook, way cheaper. I, I You know, I, I'm not the biggest chatterbait guy. I'm just... I, I the, shake, the shaky it, head, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I throw it, but I don't throw it as much as, you know, as a lot of other people. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel you. So. But that, the, the Strike King is the one that I use right now. The Davis Bates being, if I had to get another one. But the uh, I told you the weights, probably 80% of the time I'm using that 316. Um, the one thing about that one is the bait keeper. I really like it because it's it's big. But if you're using a super finesse worm, it's probably going to split it because that bait keeper, you know, just the metal. Yeah. It's it's, it is pretty big, so it can be bad for like the egg zone deception worm. It's kind of their finesse worm. Uh, it's, it's good, but it's I usually have to use the MB fat finesse worm because it, it'll split it. It's it's real tough to get on there without killing the worm because. Yeah, it keeps it up there, and that's that's a great part about it without having to use a screw lock. That's one of the reasons I like it, but also kind of a little bit of a downfall too if you're using a finesse worm. What size um 
hooks are you are those strike kings running on them because like one thing with a shaky head and using you know finesse worms or you know stick bait or anything like that is you know a lot of those worms are six eight inches so what size hooks are you going with i think that's i think with davis it's a four uh i'm guessing four uh and then i think with strike king it's probably a three like it's it's not too big which it always seems weird to me and it's not too often that you have the problem where they're just biting the tail Mm-hmm. But it does seem weird that they would, instead of biting the tail, just intuitively, you would think they're going to bite the tail. Grab because it it's there. <laughs> yeah, but they, I guess they just always go down and bite the head most of the time. I mean, sometimes they're going to short strike, and that would be with any bait, but, and, you know, you got to change something else on that or, you know. What yeah. They, they bite, I, you know, they go down and get it at the head where it's hitting the ground. Right. And then, you know, a lot of them, it's the, the big inhale, the so they, you know, that sometimes it doesn't matter which way it's down there and what's hanging off. They're just going to get all of it anyway. And uh, so, and then for offshore, the only owner of football shaky head, that's actually not the one that I use, but it's a, uh, there was a, the fish ranger. They were here in Montebello and uh, Clint Davis used to be sponsored by them. It was just a gas station. Plus they had like the shop. Dude, the fish ranger made these three eighths football shaky heads and I've still, my supply is getting a little bit low, but I have used those for 10 years. I bought, I bought them all. I bought every one they had. And, uh, and I think they kind of went out of business, but they don't make them anymore. But those damn shaky heads are so good. So if you can email the fish ranger and try to get those football shaky heads, they are, they're great for the owner. When the owner of football shaky head, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Uh, that's what I grabbed when we went out. It's, 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 I mean, it's excellent. I mean, it's owner. Owner makes great stuff. So, absolutely. Owner's good stuff. Uh, worms, the X Zone. I, I wrote down all the ones that I like. The X Zone, uh, Deception Worm. That's the finesse one. I'm usually going to use that one with the eighth ounce, the lighter one, because it's more of a finesse worm and that bait keeper doesn't kill it. Uh, the X Zone MB Fat Finesse Worm. Uh, it's a little bit more bulky, but still only six inches. And the reason I like I'm with Exone, and the reason that I like Exone is because it crawls and the tails float. I think that uh, same as Z-Man, except it's not Elastec, which Elastec can be good and bad depending on the situation. Try to put a damn Elastec on a shaky head. It's tough to do, <laughs> especially <bad>. especially a <laughs> screw lock. You can be there all day. So, yeah, I, I, I like Exone. Uh, I like Z-Man with some things, but I don't like it with shaky heads. Um, but yeah, like I was on the Noob Show, and I talked to him about Nico rigging and Ned rigging, and that the bang stick on which they also have for sale at Field and String. Um, got three packs of black and blue laminate. But they uh, for Nico rigging, it's great because the the shrooms head stays inside of it. Yeah, there you hmm. go. a little bit of a tangent there, but. Hey, um, man. I'm down where we're talking tackle. That's my thing. Yeah. The, the five inch, uh, striking baby fat finesse. That one is legit. Like if you want good five inch worm and you want to skip or just generally the baby fat finesse, that worm, that's, that's a dang good one. And the last one, um, well, I will say the Davis bait one because they came out with them and they do have a color called Alabama curl. I love that pre-spawn one of the waters like below 60. But um, the last one is the reaction animations. They're local to here, but they have a flirt, which is they have a five inch 
and they say 495. I guess they just want to be real specific. And 695, but they have a small and a large. So, yeah, depend on what kind of profile you want. That flirt, like that's up there too. That is an amazing, amazing worm. Like all, all the colors are so good too. But the, if, if you're looking for one, either the X Zone, all of those I said are good, but the X Zone or the Reaction Innovation, those are, ooh, those are good worms. I didn't know Reaction Innovations was local. Yeah, Pelham. Huh. One town over. Who's their, I, I, I want to say I, I know this, who's the uh, the pro fisherman that runs all that? Matt Herring? Yeah. yeah we he, read, he lives in Maplesville, which is, or Centerville, Centerville, but it's it's not. It's like 20 minutes west of where I'm at. I want to say I, I could be getting this story wrong. My buddy will hit me up if I am. It was either him or the guy that owns Missile Baits, but came cruising up in one of them. You know me. I like to get up in them creeks and came cruising up in one of them skinny kayak creeks in his bass boat dragging that fiberglass all over everything. I'm almost positive it was him. Yeah, we, we rounded the corner and we're like, oh. He's a, he's a flipper. It sounds like some. some yeah. Well, uh, but all, all the colors, I mean, everybody can pick the colors they like, you know, I'm usually using a bluegill color, a super dark color, which I'll use like a black and blue, but that's whenever the water gets real dirty, you're not using a shaky head because they can't see it. You're right. going to something else. If it's stained water, dirty stained water, don't use a shaky head, but that black and blue, if you're on the darker end is good. Sometimes I'll use like a white or a white trash or, you know, kind of a sparkly white shag kind of deal in the fall. But a lot of times I'm just using green pumpkin blue or some kind of bluegill imitator, uh, blue, bluegill, green pumpkin sapphire, uh, crawl red. I think Reaction Innovation says that in the summer. That's good. But th those are really the only colors I throw. Moon juice. That, that's another great strike king one. Yeah. Bluegill imitator, shad imitator in the fall, or black and blue. Hadn't heard of moon juice. I think it's the only color I didn't recognize that you said. You can't find it. Really? <laughs> in the rage bugs or the the baby fat finesse, you're not going to find moon juice. They are sold out. You can't get them. Because it's, it's crazy. a little, little bit of juice there. Moon juice. Juice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then the big worms, I use the... There's two of them that I use. I like the Exxon Bliss Worm. And the missile baits tomahawk. That's that. If you're using that big shaky head, either one of those are really good. But for years and years, I use that tomahawk, and I don't know how many fish I caught on that. It's just it's got two worm, you know, two tails at the very end, dude. It's I don't know how many fish I've caught <laughs> the on a football shaky with a tomahawk on it. Couldn't even tell you hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of fish. That's that's crazy. Um, that's I'm not familiar with that worm. Is it just a a long like? Give me just a slight yeah. description of that. Like like an old monster zoom. You know, okay. Yeah, mag two. It's all that same kind of big worm ribbon ribbon tail worm profile. Except at the end, it's got two tails that fork off instead of just one. Yeah, just one. I just, I just always thought throwing them, you know, giving them a little bit different look, having two tails on there rather than one. So just because we just hit on this and it came up in conversation this weekend, I was talking with a guy about shaky head, talking about throwing the bigger worms, you know, the ribbon tail on them. And he just thought that was insane because 
And I know this from a lot of guys that's tried to help me out with shaky head fishing. They're all about like the trick worm style, you know, bulbous tail or the flat tail, but no ribbon, you know, like not even like a cutter tail, like a speed worm or nothing like that. Well, what's your thought process behind that? And obviously this is the one you just said you've caught hundreds of fish on. So it works, but why, why that just that extra action? Those guys should definitely not throw it or anyone else. And Dude, I'm telling you. I'm, you I guys like should understand this. I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, how, how are you going to throw that big worm? How does everybody throw it? You're throwing it on a Texas bridge. That's right? yep. It's on the, on the bottom. Same difference. Throw it, that was, shake, throw it on a shaky head and it's sitting straight up. Wait that was, hey, hey, come check this out. That's oh, what, like, I, I was doing it without you telling me when we fished. Just because in my head, I think just like you, I've had this conversation, I think with you before, I have no confidence in a shaky head. That's why I want to start learning it. Anytime when I was with somebody and they would get on a shaky head bite, I would just throw on a Texas rig and I could maybe not as good of a bite as they are getting, but I could make it work. And that's when, when me and the guy were talking and he was like, why would you do a ribbon tail on shaky head? And I was like, you're literally throwing a weight on the bottom with a ribbon tail right now. It's. All you're doing is standing it up. In my mind, you're just making them be able to see it a little bit better. Getting and out I, of the mud, getting it off the rock. I usually cut off like an inch or I, like if it's a, you know, I'm not going, if it's an 11 inch worm, I like the blitz worm. I might be using nine or eight, you know, eight and a half. But I think ribbon tail rather than, especially on a football shaky head, like whenever you're fishing deeper, having a little bit bigger, bulkier profile. And that little bit me. More, yeah, a little bit more action than just a, a regular trick worm. Whenever you're down that low, uh, I think it's 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 a different look. Maybe and maybe that's why it's so successful and why I've done so good with it is because it's something different. But yeah, that, that'll look that if if you've never thrown that and you're fishing offshore, that will legit catch them. That that will catch the hell out of some fish. <laughs> like that's you know that that's one of my favorite baits. That is a go, absolute go-to. Well, uh, you, you touched on the rod, you know, your rod setups and everything. Um, what's your preferred line, you know, for the the lighter skipping all the way up through your, your offshore? Yeah, I use the same thing for all of them. On all my spinning rods, I use, I use 12-pound Sunline SX1. I, I like the highs viz, the yellow, and get a little bit older, so being able to see it's great. Um, I use... On my Ned rigs, I use six pound, but just about on everything else, I use eight pound Cigar and Vizex. That's what I've used for so long. I, I, you know, I use a double, a double San Diego jam on all my fluorocarbon. The the knot that I use on all my fluorocarbon, unless it's I use an Alberto whenever I'm. I actually haven't heard of that knot. It's 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 almost like in like if you doubled up and include and. Proved clinch knot, except instead of going down around and through the hole at the bottom and then back up, you just go the opposite direction. Like whenever you see pros and they're like spinning the bait around their deal, that's a San Diego jam. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to check it out. I'm a, I'm a knot guy. I like knots. I like just tie knots and I haven't heard of that one, so I'll check it out. Yeah. Double San Diego jam. That's a, yeah, it doesn't break. So like it, you're going to break something else before you have that. And you'll have three tag lines, but you cut that and that's, you know, it's, it's like, money. It's as good as it gets. If there's another, 
somebody might argue and say there's another better knot out there. I actually just posted something on my Facebook where you can look it up. Toy, I think it's toy, like toy, but it's toy. I T or something like that. Like this guy's YouTube page where he's testing all his different knots and he created a new knot called the toy knot. He's South American or something like that. So it's, he's not saying like toy dude, but he's, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Some guy made a new knot, called it the tight knot. T O I T something. I don't, I don't know how to spell it, man. Have but, to check uh, it out. Yeah. So the double San Diego jam. So, so let's get into fishing the shaky head. So, like you said, you can throw it just about anywhere. Um, and in a lot of situations, are, are you starting? I mean, okay. I don't want to say starting out of the gate. You know, situations are critical to thinking. So let's say top water bites died down, you know, maybe you had a shad spawn and all that's gone now. So where, where do you start? Like, let's say like right now it's summer. What, you know, let's go from, you know, like the, it's time to start dialing that pattern in since our kind of early morning flutters gone. What are you doing? Um, let, let's say I'm on Lay Lake. And I, I won a tournament earlier this year, three fish limit on Lay Lake. And it was, um, you know, when my local club, Iron City, two out of, th- it was only three, we have a three fish limit. Uh, two out of three fish I caught on shaky head, like a 16, 19, and a 20 I caught on a frog. So uh, that was on, it's, it's usually not the bait I'm going to start with, but it's going to be uh, the bait I'm going to end up with. So, Whenever I came out of the spawning area where I, I caught one on a frog, I come out and there's some riprap. So first I, I go down the riprap with, um, it was still, it wasn't cold, but I was still using a flat side. Uh, it was kind of right on that edge of where I thought a flat side would still be good. So I was throwing a flat side down the, down the bank. I didn't get anything. So that's a little bit deeper on this riprap. And then I went with a square bill. That didn't work either. And the next one I went fishing because the corners, like whenever you're going into uh, under a bridge, the, the corners are always going to be a high percentage area. So I started there and I just worked my way down down the line with a, a shaky head. And one of them I caught there was 16, which is a fish that I, I needed to, you know, that put me. Because I ended up winning that one by five, five inches, which I was just real fortunate. But a shaky head, anything hard, like that's, you, it might not be the bait that you start with, but before you leave, if you think there's a fish there, throw that shaky head on it. So it might be the second or third rod I go to, which would mean a lot of times it might be the first rod I go to because I love a shaky head and that's not always a good thing. But uh, So you're not, and, and I don't want anybody to think I'm saying that this is a search bait, but you're not searching, you're throwing these in high percentage areas where based yeah. off of your knowledge there should be fish there or obviously in an offshore situation you graph and and boom okay let's see if we can fire these guys up yeah. or you know catch the big ones that are sitting on the bottom of the pile so yeah if if i'm trying to expand if if i've determined this is a good area and i'm trying to i'm going through different baits the progression of you know the more aggressive moving baits and then i'm trying to go at a little bit something a little bit slower that's it's definitely going to be in a place where I'm not searching 
um, I'm trying to break down a piece of cover or an area. Yeah. yeah. Like if, if I make a second run, I'll go down it with a, let's say it's a grass line. Well, not a grass line. Cause I'm usually not going to throw a shaky head there, but if I'm going down an area and then I'll come back with the shaky head. Yeah. Like, like, like you were saying, like rip wrap under a bridge. Yeah. If it's top water and during a shad spawn, if I'm going down it with a top water and I'm just, you know, or a swim jig spinner bait, a spinner bait. That's a great one for a rip wrap. If I'm running the, during a shad spawn, if I'm running the spinner bait down it, then whenever I come back, I'm going to run a shaky head down. Just see if there's one that's maybe a little bit further off the, at the bottom of the, the rip wrap or something a little bit further off. Yeah. Something good to take away from this is a, a lot of people I see, and I, I'm guilty of it too. That's one thing I've I've learned about myself since I've like pedaled or motored a boat is they will burn past an area too fast. You know, like like I'll key in on like a topwater bite real hard. I'd I'd run down, get nothing, and even though it's a high percentage area, I'm gonna like round that corner and keep looking for that topwater bite. You know having a good plan, like you said, and then giving what you, I mean, like a lot of us, even at a beginning stage of fishing, if you've done any kind of research, you know what a high percentage area is like go to bridge, catch fish, you know, like Like 80% of the fish are in 20% of the water. Exactly. If you have a great riprap bank and you're going, you want to fish all the, all the different columns of water, you're going to fish a buzz bait on top, spinner bait in the middle and then shaky head on bottom. So that would right. be a, good, a progression to go through on that, that cover. So give me, you know, not to, not to keep you too much longer, but give me like, as you're fishing it, are you, I, I have a buddy that like is, I don't want to say annoyingly, but like painfully slow with it. So it's like drag, 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 hard piece of cover, wiggle, drag, 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 another hard piece of cover, wiggle. Or do you throw I'm, and just I'm let doing- it do its thing? Yeah, I'm doing like uh, me and my buddy, we went out Sunday and to Lay Lake and we were fishing a road bed. They were not biting like at all. And then some wind, the wind picked up and then I caught an 18 and a half. Those are my big fish of the day. And it was just, it was on. He caught 10 fish. I had another bigger one come off. I think, you know, you always think that other one's bigger. I think it was bigger, but um, so it was I, wasn't, I wasn't getting bit. So I went to a shaky head. And it was kind of a drop off and that comes up onto uh, up onto the roadbed. So I'm up on top of the roadbed, throwing into the deep water, bringing it up the hill. And first I was moving it, popping it. And most of the time, same way with a Ned rig, you don't want to always have direct contact with that bait. It's more like popping the slack. Like you're, whenever you feel the next slack, whenever you go to pop it the next time, that's when you feel a fish. Or you have to be a line watcher and see whenever that bait gets hit. But I've most been of doing time, it wrong. Yeah, most <laughs> of the time you just don't want to be direct con like a Texas rig. You don't want to just have complete and total direct contact. You want to be, you want to have slack so that bait, so the fish, whenever he does bite it, he doesn't immediately feel you. He first yeah. feels the bait, he bites it, and then you feel him. You feel him before he feels you. Right. So first I was going with moving, 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 kind of moving it pretty quick, popping it, you know, just little quick drags or quick little pops, just kind of mixing up my retrieve. And then eventually it's just dead stick. That's what I'm going to last. If it's, if I know this has fish, I see the fish. 
sometimes the last thing I'm going to do is just dead stick it. Totally, just let it sit and then move it a few feet, dead, complete dead stick for 20 seconds. And then if that don't work, you, you might as well go somewhere else because they're, they're not going to bite until something you pull happens. out the Nedrig. <laughs> yeah, you can. There you go. <laughs> it works. I, I carry the Nedrig sometimes too. It's tough. It, you know, it's so crazy because sometimes they won't bite a shaky head, but they will bite a Nedrig. And that's the craziest thing to me, but it's, it's true. I know I've said that, you know, how I feel about it before, but the shaky head is still a feeding bite. It can be a reaction bite if you're stroking it. If you have that bigger shaky head, the offshore one, and you're stroking it off the bottom like a football jig, that that can be a reaction bite. But 90% of the time, it's just a feeding bite. They see it. They want it. They eat it. You know, it's not reaction where I got to get rid of it. But that, you know, the net I've said before, it's just the Dorito bite. If I put a Dorito in front of your face, you might not, you might not be hungry. You might not even like Doritos that much. but Damn, it's, only, it's only a Dorito. It's, it's yeah. you know, it's so, it's so unthreatening that you have to eat it. That's so. It is a different bite. So I see why it works, but it's crazy how sometimes you would think they're so close. Like, why wouldn't the shaky head work? But sometimes it does. They're, they're close enough when, like, I don't, I don't Ned rig fish, and I told a buddy that, and he was like, "Well, Ned rig, what's on?" He's like, "But I'll show you this. I don't even really use." you know, a traditional net rig and went out to the lake with him. He's using a three aught big bite baits, eighth ounce shaky head and just putting the little TRD on it. So the, I mean, it's barely covering the distance of the hook, but that's his, you know, quote unquote net rig. And I said it then I was like, I mean, they're basically the same thing. Like it's one's just an oversized profile of one with, you know, a much bigger, bigger bait. And then the net rig, I have no clue what they see in it, but they just eat it. I really, I, I think it just it hones in on a different bite for fish. Like that's yeah. that's the difference between a reaction, a feeding, and a Dorito bite. Like they're they're different, they're different, you know, patterns. I guess. Yeah, man. Well, I said I wasn't going to keep you too long. We done stretched over the hour, but I'm <laughs> glad to I'm glad to do this, and I'd love to. Like I'm I'm been jotting stuff down this whole time, man. I can't wait till you start hitting up the. Uh, the advanced angler stuff, man, I, I want to, you know, take in this information just like, like we do from the noob show. I, I, you know, something to expand on. It'll be great. But, uh, I, I thought about all kinds of stupid names too, like geek out or like, you know, cause I, I'm just going geek. Like I want to have like, you know, we've never had pros on before because I kind of never wanted to, because I felt like having a pro, I don't think on paddling fin we've ever had a bass pro, bass fishing pro. Maybe, maybe one. I don't know. I, there there might have been one on the noob show one time. I take that back. But like this is, this would be a reason to have them on. Not that I want to talk to pros, but I didn't want to do that so much with the reel down because it felt like we were. I, I didn't. I didn't like the idea of it. No, I've. fishing. We're not about you know technique specific or it just felt like we were if we got a pro on like we were trying to be cool or something like that but this like i want to talk to whoever the best whether it's kayak fishing like casey reed we get him on here and talk about shaky head fishing or on the show and he 
he might have a little bit different setup because I know he loves shaky head too. But I want whoever it is, I want to talk to whoever is the best at that. Like if it's Bobby Lane about frogging or toads. You can I'll, do Bob, Bobby Lane and Greg Blanchard, one in each craft. Yeah. Like I want to, I want whoever's, and I might do split shows like that where I don't take up a lot of their time. I want to, some shows are going to be short. Some shows are going to be probably two hours. I just want to. I need that. Out. Yeah. I want to get weird. Like I want to talk about everything about it. The knot, the line, the guides. I, I mean, I want to go to the end. I want to know it all. I think it's going to do good because I know there's a big like void there, like and not void, like you like we said earlier, you got Bass U and stuff like that. But you know, maybe for our listeners that aren't that deep into the other stuff, this uh, it'll be a good outlet for that, and I, I think it's going to be great. I, I want to try to keep it more kayak specific and stuff that directly applies to us. Like I don't need to know everything at a Bass Pro or MLF or whoever guys whatever they're going to do, but I want to know how we should do it and try to, you know, just get all the information. You need to do a show on the, uh, what do they call it thing? The flogger, the little cone. The flogger, yeah. 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 The, yeah. Is it the flogger? Are you going, I was wondering, would anybody put that in their kayak and where would, where would you put <laughs> That's that? where I'm going with that. And if you yeah. leaned over, would you fall out? You know, it depends on what kind of kayak you have. If you would fall out. Yeah. That, that whole thing. I, the only reason I mentioned that is because I've been seeing a lot of the people talking about it after that uh, MLF, I think it was, event. That would finally be the one time where the uh, Blue Sky 360 would be the perfect boat. So you get out on all pontoons and just, you know, look at the yeah, flog. There's my fish. Is that it? Flog? Two flog with the flogger? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, before we go, like I said, we got a new guest host coming. I'm not going to tell you who it is. We're going to do a little paddle and fin giveaway. Um, I will create a post on uh, Wednesday uh, talking about this show. It'll have all these notes in there. And we're going to, whoever the first person is to guess correctly, and you will not know until that first show airs, but I will keep up with who the first person is that guesses. Um. And I'm, you know, we'll, I think we're, uh, it'll be like some panel event stickers and a t-shirt for a trail series shirt, but, uh, I'm gonna give you just a little couple little hints, nothing too crazy. Um, they've been on in the last three months on our show and they have been on multiple different segments of the paddle and fin network overall. I will not say how recently or anything, cause I honestly don't know. But that's all I'm going to give you. We've had, I thought of it the other day, Dan. We have like a minimum of three guests 52 times a year. It's kind of crazy. So we've talked to a lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of people. That's why I feel bad when they, I've actually ran into some people and they've been on the show and I forgot and I felt like crap. Because my buddies 153 Bates. They were like, hey. And I was like, who are you? <laughs> and, I, and anybody <laughs> I just want to say, man, before we go, I appreciate everybody that's ever reached out to me. Uh, hopefully you feel like if you ever have a question about kayak fishing, I want to talk kayak fishing. If you have a question, ask me. That's that, like I'd love to answer questions. I'm not the most people person. I am obviously a geek. Like I nerd out on stuff and I'm at work. I'm more of a numbers guy and details guy. And that that's just who I am. Like I'm never going to be. I wasn't the frat guy. 
<laughs> I'll say that. Like I'm, you know, I'm more of the quiet, reserved, stoic kind of guy. It's funny. He's not a frat guy, but he's a mason. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> we're very quiet. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So if anybody ever has any any questions or anything I could do for them or whatever else, please reach out because I I know I maybe I don't always come across as the most approachable. Yeah, approachable type person, but I, I really am. I'm just you know I'm just quiet. That's, and if you're still I'm an introvert, who I am. If if you're also an introvert and you still don't want to reach out to Dan, reach out to me and I'll reach out to Dan. There you know, go. We we said it on the birthday show, man. We love and need to hear y'all's feedback. We we want to hear it too. We had a good show. Let us know. Didn't like something we said. Let me know. I want all of it. Let Jimmy know. Don't let me know. Oh, let me know. No, don't let me know. I'm the one that can't control his mouth. So I'm kidding. No, tell me. I, I'd rather <laughs> know than, than you just cuss us out. Or because I've had people cuss me out and call me names on the live stream, and I've had made an enemy. I made an enemy of a guy. Didn't, I forgot I, about that. In a passing comment, I said something and tried to apologize three times, and the guy would not take an apology over something absolutely ridiculous. I was Childish. smiling whenever I said it. Just the most innocuous, tiny thing. So, yeah, some people get their feelings hurt. You know, I'm not doing this hurt anybody's feelings. So just trying to. That's not us. If you, if you like know. the if you like the craziness, jump on over yeah. to KBN. That's where yeah. I go for my crazy fix. Yeah. I, lo- I love those guys. I do not have anything. I 100% love that. Like when there's a toxic subject. Oh, damn. Oh, we, we missed it. Yeah. <laughs> Catechism would not be the same without them. Like we need a KB. No, I need it. I Lambert, Jeff, all the, uh, Oh Lord. What do they call themselves? The cesspool. Yeah. I, I found out something today. Here, we'll, we'll talk about it real quick. We don't want to kick a man whenever he's down, but Marcus Coates, KBBT, was caught cheating. Apparently, intentionally, if you want, go back and watch the KBBT video, they thought that he had he was going into a buoyed area, catching fish, coming out, taking a picture. He was told by other people that it was legal. And this is everything I think I know. Who know? I don't know all the details. Right. It's, I'm not. I'm plugged in, but not that plugged in, so I don't know. It's like I'm plugged in, and I could probably find out, but at the same time, I don't really care. Like, yeah. like I do, but I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So he he cheated. He blamed on, on other people, but it was really him. I always thought he was a good guy, but I, I didn't know anything about past cheating. Yeah, I will say something that I don't like, and this might upset some people. He's still he in the KFL. I fish KFL. We're going to North Carolina to fish this weekend for Alabama Hammers for guys on my team. He's still legal to fish in KFL. Hmm. If he don't get kicked out of KFL, I would have a real damn problem with that. A known cheater in two different times to have him still in KFL. Like, I don't ever get on here and rail on anything about anyone or ever try to get controversial about anything. We really try not to do it. I don't want to fish against a cheater. And no, we, it, 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 we it's, him until the playoffs, I do not think that somebody who's a known cheater and KBBT and local trails, that he should be able to fish KFL. He shouldn't. I'm not an owner. 
John Lessman is our team, um, team owner, and he'll, I think they're going to get to vote, to vote him in or vote him out. You should not have a known cheater who has been, everybody deserves second chance, given a second chance and still cheated. He should be kicked out of KFL. That's, I, I feel very, very strongly about No, that. no, and you, as you should, like, I don't, I don't have a dog in the fight at all. Like, yeah. I, I, I have, like, I know Marcus. I, I, okay, I say I know him. Talked to him a few times. Um, never really spent any time with him or anything. Always, you know, just like, man, he's a good guy. He, he like, he was supposed to stay with us at Pickwick. I mean, I like, I like Marcus. I, I, I like him. I like him as I've always enjoyed talking to him. I have yeah. his phone number on my phone. It's, I don't have anything against the guy. I truly don't. But if you cheat, you're a cheater. You've done it more than more than twice. You've been given a second chance. You're done. Yeah, no, no, that's that's what I feel you on it. Like, like I could still go hang out, you know, as long as it's not about you know the fishing and stuff like that. And like, like I said, I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't, you know, I didn't fish KBBT. I fish nationally, really, just to go run around the country and meet people and stuff like that. So, like, I don't have a strong opinion on it, but like. I feel like what you're saying is what a lot of people feel, especially people competing. I mean, like com- competing in it really, you know, meaning something to whether winning AOI championships and stuff like that. No, I feel you. Yeah, I figured you're bad, man. You're done with fishing. Cause I, I'm not going to fish against you. Like I'm, I, I feel strongly enough for it that I, I wouldn't, I, I, I would not fish. It would it would have to come to a decision. I would have to make a strong decision on KFL because I'm not going to fish against them. Yeah. Well, isn't the same I, people? I, yeah. Isn't the, not to keep on this? Isn't KFL the same people? KBT. Yeah. It is yeah. okay. It should be if you're out, if you're out of one, you're out of both. The plot thickens. Yeah. Which I love. I love Greg, and again, this isn't a talk bad about him. And the decision's been made to left up to the owners of KFL, which are the team managers, the people who are organizing things, 16 teams, 17 teams, I think. And the people that are organizing, they're the ones who are in charge of making that decision. They need to make that decision. He should not be allowed to fish. It's just, like you said, it's it's that whole shame on, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. It's, you've opened the door, you know. Well, all right. Well, uh, again, folks, give me your guess on who the new co-host is. I want to know who you think. Yep, Dan knows. To the people I've told, a couple of people uh, actually don't think. If I'm correct, no one in Paddle and Finn knows other than me, you and Brian and Jay, because you know Jay's like somewhere with you know what I'm saying with Brian at all times. Um, we other than that, anybody that I'm leaving the show yet, I guess they'll find out tomorrow. Oh, really? No, I haven't told him. Oh, oh shit! Well, surprise! Oh, Brian, Brian, Brian. Oh yeah, Brian's the know all. Because Brian knows, Jay knows. But yeah, I <laughs> didn't know that. Ha! In your face. Yeah, well, I but told uh, <laughs> oversight. All the guys are gonna see this post because Brian posts this at like midnight on Tuesday night. All the guys wake up and listen to the show, and they're like, "WTF." <laughs> But uh, yeah. Leave me your comments. I'll have that post up to, uh, Wednesday morning, so it'd be today if you're listening. Uh, the day we air it, 
Um, give me your guesses, Dan. Thank you for everything, man. Thanks for showing me the ropes on here and bringing me on to this freaking crazy mess that we got going on, which is only going to get crazier. And good luck to you, sir, on your show. I can't wait to start listening to it, man. Thanks. I'll be back anytime you name me. I'm here. And you got to do it. Take us out one last time with your with your signature. All right, everybody. Where are your PFTs? See you next time. Or he will. I won't. <laughs> good night. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures located in Northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.